Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for eyes society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. My guest today is Bill Hattrick, who I served two eight-year terms, is that correct, as Southampton Village Mayor? Uh, no, uh, no, no, uh, no. Uh, you're making uh, more of me than I deserve. I actually was mayor for four years. I was a trustee then for four years after that. So that my first uh, go on, uh, on the village board was from 1985 to 1993. And that was eight years, but four as mayor and four as a trustee. And then I came back in 2011 to 2019 again, but this time as a trustee only. Well, we're talking, I think we're talking today about back then because of some very interesting things that happened during your your tenure with the sure. village board. And you've told me some wonderful stories about it. And I wanted to, I wanted to share them with our, our listeners. One of them was uh, about how the, the uh, pavilion at, the, at Cooper's Beach came to be. There was a pavilion, as I understood it from what you said, there was a pavilion there, which was a, just a box house on the beach where they had lockers and so forth. But one day someone talked to you about that there should be a, a picnic area with a roof over it attached to it. So it became a real place. And I'd like to ask you to pick up that story from there. I think this happened in my second year on the board in 1986. Uh, we had a, an employee who was in charge of the building maintenance department uh, called Dick Armashevitz. And uh, I got along with him very well, which not everybody did. And uh, anyhow, he took me aside one day and gave me this idea that the concession at Cooper's Beach had always been the building that held the uh, house, the cooking and so on and the food and serving and that. And outside of the building, uh, was a walkway that was probably six or seven feet wide and people who were coming up from the beach would line up and to go in close to the building and then when they came out they would just be on the other side of the walkway and so they had about six or seven feet to come in and to come out and he gave me the idea that I wonder if he I never did think to ask him if he'd pose this to my predecessors, but I'm surprised if he didn't. In any event, he told me he thought it would be a great idea if we built a porch on this a deck adjoining the serving house and that over it, he, he thought we should even put a roof because he said so many people, A, that you want to be able to eat on a table. When you eat on the beach, you know, it's, it's a mess. And sometimes you leave your drinks out there or spill them and you're trying to eat on a blanket. And I just thought it was a great idea and I told my fellow board members and we decided to go ahead and do it. So the next thing you know, uh, it was out there for the world to see. You did and it overnight, I believe. Okay. Well, no, well, <laughs> we did it on the QT, but it, it wasn't something, it, it took uh, a couple of weeks probably to do the whole thing. But you did it like quietly so nobody would notice. Well, uh, I think you asked me a question at the time, or, or I told you rather that at a village board meeting that followed this project, 
when we announced that it had been completed and it looked great and people loved it, uh, somebody from the Southampton Press asked me if we had gone to the DEC to get permission to do this. And um, I had to confess that no, we hadn't. And of course, he said, how come? And I said, well, if they say no, we're out of luck. So uh, we just thought we'd do it. And Actually, the building itself had the, the restrooms and so on. And so I don't think it posed any threat to the environment, but we weren't about to take a chance. It was, uh, this is right on the dunes. We yes. probably get permission to do something. Another story you told me more recently was about how a former mayor living down in Florida got to receive a huge congratulations and, and thank you plaque for the work he had done as mayor after he had fled the area. Mm-hmm. Um, describe that story and who he was and what happened it's with that. It's really a great story. This is, I'm back on the uh, village board from 2011 to 2019. And this was probably happened around 2012 or 13. One of my dearest friends in the village uh, from the day I moved here, because my wife had gone to school with his wife in Washington was Ben Hull of Hull Chevrolet. And Ben told me this story about former mayor Harold Dufresne in the village sometime, I think, around maybe 1972 or so on. And he runs into Dufresne, who's now about 81 years old. And uh, it's a group of Southamptonites, some of whom have moved there permanently, which was Dufresne was one of them. He, he, this was his home now. And others were just uh, for the summer, or winter, there in the wintertime. But Dufresne told him he would never set foot in this GD village again because he had the temerity to buy the parking lot in the center of the village, which was behind the old parish art museum and behind Village Hall and so on. And I think he bought it for the sum of $200,000. For the village, using village money. Yes. And I think the mistake he must have made, Dufresne, who everybody called Doofy, he was a very much loved local builder. And I think he probably, whatever he spent on it, he he paid the bill that year. And, to, and when I became mayor in 1985, the village budget was around $4 million. Now you're going back to 1972 or three, and you probably would find out that the village budget wasn't more than a million or a million and a half. And if you, if you add $200,000 to the price tag that year, everybody's taxes are going to go up and you have no idea how sensitive the local population was. If your, if your tax bill went up $10, uh, they got really infuriated. So anyhow, they uh, elected another person who wasn't nearly as well known and so on. And Dufresne was really uh, upset that, and as I said, he, he, he said he would never set foot in this darn village again. He lost, and, he lost the election because he spent that money. That's correct. And I, uh, at the next board meeting, I stood up and I told the other four board members this story. And I said, you know, that parking lot, if he hadn't bought it, if somehow that had gotten turned into some commercial uses, this village is in a bad enough problem parking wise as it is. And I think we should send him a proclamation. And we decided to do it, declaring him the greatest mayor of the 20th century for having the courage and foresight to buy that parcel and uh, we had it framed and it really was beautifully done. And uh, we're told that he was uh, beyond joyful when he, he received it. What else? Uh, tell me some of the other things that have happened during, the, during your tenure. Well, you know, it's funny. I, if, if the Truppen 
Castle affair didn't blow up the way it did, I never would have been a mayor. I, I was elected in 1985, and at the t- you know, I had six children, two of whom had just gotten out of college, two more were in college, and then there were two more warming up in the bullpen. And, and I, I worked in Riverhead, I was a stockbroker, and I really had no knowledge of being on the village board, what it entailed, but I also just didn't have the time and so on. But uh, some people really got on my case to do it and so on, and I finally agreed to do it. And uh, to my astonishment, we, we won. And uh, so then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm there. One of the interesting stories, I think, uh, when I got on the board, uh, I was told by there was a trustee before me called Chick Schreier, who was a local dentist and a very bright guy, but who didn't get along well with the prior mayor whom I replaced. He, he sent me a letter telling me an interesting story about a a real estate broker in the village of East Hampton had sent the village board a letter sometime in the 70s offering the village, uh, he represented the owner of two two acre parcels right next to Cooper's Beach on the ocean, on the beach. And I think the price uh, was three or $400,000. And um, he said in the letter that the village of Southampton should do what East Hampton did, and that is have a referendum. I don't know whatever moved him to give me a copy of this. But anyhow, apparently our village board never moved forward on it and it just died. And the land would, of course, become fabulously more wealthy. And uh, so one day while I'm mayor, a a woman that I knew very well, Jane Fear, whose husband, Bob, Dr. Bob Fear, was a gynecologist who had delivered several of my children. She came into the village hall and she said that she represented a group that owned the 8.2 acres way down on the Western Dune Road on the ocean, and that they were interested in selling it. uh, And the price was a million and a half dollars. And I knew I was very familiar with the parcel. I used to be on the I had a beach vehicle and did surf casting and all that. And plus, just being on the zoning board, I was very aware of what was happening with beachfront property. And so I called our board members together and I told them, about this. And I said, it's a great idea. But I said, you know, going back to this letter that Chick Schreier had forwarded or showed to me, I think instead of us sticking our neck out and deciding to do this or not to do it, uh, I didn't even know of Dufresne's experience at that time. I said, I think we ought to uh, do what the broker in East Hampton had suggested, have a a public referendum on it. And that way, if the if the voters decide they want to do it, it's they they brought it on themselves, you know, in the expense. It's kind of interesting all the time that's gone by since then. So anyhow, darn if it didn't get approved until we bought it. And what we paid a million and a half for, I was told not long ago that it's probably worth 28 to 30 million dollars now. So we're glad we did it. But I'm glad he gave me the letter because I think we might have done what the village board did on those four acres on on the ocean, they were afraid to spend the money. They knew what happened to Dufresne when he spent $200,000. And if they spent 400, they probably assumed they'd be thrown out. So anyhow, that's one of my interesting experiences. Well, those those acres, those four acres, are they, they, they enlarged Cooper Beach for everybody? Now what I'm, uh, yes, it would have enlarged. They were on the east side. They came closer to the village. And uh, today they're all home so that uh, it's too late to do that now. I see. So it never happened. No, it never happened. The, the opportunity died. And well, it never even came out. I don't think the village knew it. Schreier knew it. And he was probably mad 
that they hadn't done it, which would uh, explain why he would give me a copy of the letter. He was showing me what they had failed to do and had never even brought it public. But if it was, uh, if there was a referendum to buy it, was it, and it went through, why wasn't it completed? Well, they didn't have a referendum. I, I don't know why they didn't. I mean, I just don't know. But I, I, I somehow I think that the idea even of a referendum, if you spent that kind of money in those days, they were probably afraid that when the bill showed up in their taxes, that everybody who thought it was a good idea would suddenly uh, throw them out for their treachery. So, but you, did you hold, I thought you said you did hold a referendum. On the- uh, we did, we did hold a referendum. I decided that it's better to, I really thought that the, uh, it was a good opportunity that I could see what was happening, that beachfront was disappearing and that it, it might get approved, but we should at least put it out there and let them decide. And the village did decide to do it and nobody complained about it. And of course today, uh, it, it turns out to have been money well spent. So it is part of Cooper's today. No, no, it's way down west. It's down much oh, closer to the inlet. It's called Dune Beach. Oh, and I know it, that beach. Yeah, that's also yeah, public. That's the beach I'm talking about. That's great. That's a wonderful story. Back then, of course, I was running the paper and was quite aware of some of these shenanigans or things that were going on in Southampton. Did they ever enforce uh, the law, that old law about proper attire during the time you were mayor? They had the proper proper attire law is still on the books. It says that everyone needs to be uh, covered between the top of the uh, nipple down to the between halfway between the hip and the knee when walking around downtown. Did you, did you ever enforce that law in any way? Well, what I do remember, I don't remember having to enforce it, but uh, there was a talk sometime while I was mayor about people being down on the beach and, uh, you know, stripping down to very little. And uh, that for some reason or another, uh, our police officers were spending a lot of time down at the beach, uh, not arresting people, but just observing. I see. <laughs> and, uh, so, but that's about all, you know, the one thing I wanted to do once, and it was just, it would have been kind of a joke, but uh, a woman tripped on Main Street and uh, next thing you know, when she broke her leg on the, on the sidewalk and uh, she, not only did she sue us for something, but her husband doubled it for loss of services. I see. And uh, I jokingly propose that we have a law that women can only wear sneakers when they're downtown because high heels are too dangerous and we can't afford to have these accidents happening. But it, frankly, I never did it. I just uh, joked about it. Well, thank you for joining me. We, uh, we've completed our time together and I want to wish you the best. Thanks for taking your time to uh, be on this uh, podcast with me, former Mayor Hattrick, who is uh, beloved by the Southampton Village. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Dan. I loved it. Okay. Bye-bye.